I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and America, you in danger, girl. <laughs> that is, that is, yes, that is correct. My name is Colin Drucker. You can call me Rita Miller, and you can just make the check out in cash. Um, <laughs> and, uh, God, America... The world, you in danger, girl. Yeah. What a time. Yeah, what a time to be alive, to be... Uh, I don't know how to complete that sentence, but we didn't put up an episode last week, everyone. We apologize, but Colin, I mean, you went, you were going through it. I was going through it. I was having yeah. a... I was, I did, Sickness-wise. Yes, exactly. I um, did not get uh, the coronavirus, but I got a very special stomach flu that made me wish Oof. I got the coronavirus instead. Ugh. It, you know, it's like, and I'm not going to go into details because no one needs to hear about it. But God, it's just like, I'm done. I'm over I'm over being sick. I'm over not feeling oh, yeah. like, you know, not feeling like myself. And like, I'm still kind of like tired and like run down from it. And it's been about like a week and change. So I feel like that's, I'm not like worried about it. But I feel like if I'm going to be quarantined, I'd rather be quarantined and healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a double-edged sword because like... I mean, I don't want to be sick during this time of like introverts delight. Really, oh. It's like, I mean, this is what we've been training for. Colin. I know. I know. I feel like this is the holiday season. I mean, like everyone's all worried about like having to cancel plans to stay home. I'm like, welcome. Get come, come on in. The water's fine. The water's fine. Just don't sit too close and don't make any small talk. Like it's yeah. so nice. Six feet, please. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Six feet um, away. As I put on some headphones and sunglasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's um. So yeah, I want to be able to enjoy introverts' delight. I kind of love yes. that. Um. And uh, I haven't been able to yet. And so I feel like in some ways, like mm. this week. Now that work has us working working from home indefinitely, um, I want to be one of those people who's like, well, then I'm going to just start working on that thing I haven't done, you know? Yeah, it's an opportunity for, uh, I don't know, creative things to happen or just, you know, because it, it does kind of mess with your head a little bit. Being inside, even during the weekend, I was like, all right, it's not that I wanted to go out mm. by any means, mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily know what to do with myself at a certain point because I like you know cleaned my desk upstairs and like did a couple things that I've been wanting to do quote unquote but then I was like I don't want to do any of this right right um, if I'm supposed to be doing things I want to do I'm not doing that right now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so but what have you oh go ahead oh I, I think I'm about to ask you the same question like what uh what are you uh well I guess maybe I don't know I was gonna ask you what have you been doing with yourself 
Yeah, uh, kind of. That's kind of the question I was going to ask. I was going to ask, what have you been watching? I know oh. sometimes we save that until the end, mm-hmm. but um, I would love uh, to talk about that actually if we yeah. could. Because actually, yes. this I I would like to get your opinion on. I um, I'm going to save something which is uh my BSA of the week, but something that I watched. I so before my quarantine, I was in Fort Lauderdale for a few days, so I was on vacation, and yes. I mean like. So I feel stupid, right? Because it's like I like came home Sunday night, recorded All Right, Mary. And then by the time I was like editing it, I was like, God, I'm like getting chills. Like, I don't feel well. And it was like, well, yeah, I guess like traveling from like the, you know, uh, one of the cruise ship dock destinations of the United States, yeah. you know, home, you're, you're likely to catch something. So I was like, and, and the trip wasn't even, like, worth it in a way. Like, it wasn't no, that fun. I don't. Dang. I think I just wasn't in the mood for it. Um, and so I ended up just kind of between that trip and, like, the rest of, like, or a lot of my quarantine, I finally watched the entire six seasons of Sex and the City. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a joy. Yeah, it was. I've never done it, Colin. I've never done really? it. Really? I had. So I was wondering if you, because I know you're familiar with the movies, yes. obviously, infamously. Oh, yes. You and yeah, Amanda yeah, yeah. Kaczynski, Best Supporting Actress, uh, are are <laughs> quite familiar. But I wasn't sure. And that's what my first question was, is how familiar, familiar are you with the series? I could say that I could definitely keep up in a conversation, but once you start really making, like, remember in season two when Charlotte said this to Carrie, like, that's Mm. when you would lose me a little bit. But somehow, just because I think it's how it's designed on cable, like, they would always show, I don't know if they went in order, but they would always show, like, the the milestone episodes, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, one of my favorite episodes of all time is when Miranda and Steve are in the closet at Brady's birthday, it's also like the episode I think where Charlotte has like is it a miscarriage and then she puts on that beautiful pink dress, Ooh. and then she goes to um to Brady's birthday party and Miranda and Steve like say that they love each other and it's amazing and then Magda peeks her head in. I've seen that episode like seven times. Mm. Uh, it's, I really love Miranda and Steve a lot. Yeah, Miranda is my favorite. That might be an unpopular opinion, but I fucking love Miranda. I you um, know that's a that's an interesting, especially having watched the whole series. I feel like it yes. is worth kind of landing on like which one of these women you kind of like align with the most or which one makes the most sense i in general i kind of kind of agree with you that i think miranda is the one who in real life i could like connect with and be like yeah i get you and i'm with you and i tend to agree um yeah i grew to like samantha more and more every season and i didn't expect that but i really started to embrace who she was and i was like yeah i Mm kind of love this it's it's interesting um yeah even Charlotte. That was like kind of a Samantha. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I was yeah. like, not bad. Um, <laughs> if only she had a dick. Anyway, no. I know, yeah. <laughs> but um, what I will say, one of my big takeaways is that Carrie Bradshaw is a monster. I mean, just oh. a monster. I mean, she is so, she needs, she needs such help. help. She needs such like profound counseling because clearly clearly someone hurt her when she was young and she has been chasing (laughs) that wound her entire adult life and i think what what maybe bothers me about this show is like i wish i know that they've definitely tried to show like carrie as a complex human being who makes mistakes and fucks up and you know loses aiden and and i am team aiden Ugh, aiden i was just gonna ask i'm always team Aiden. always sorry 
It's just sorry. It's so great. There's nothing besides the fact that he's very sexy and very successful. Mr. Big does not. It's almost like this. I don't want to say abusive relationship because that's dramatic. But like he gives her just enough to come back, and then she's like, "Yes, mm-hmm. I will cheat on Aiden and yeah, come running back." And Ugh. then an episode later, she becomes this reassurance monster who just like is constantly looking for betrayal, and. Mm-hmm. They cycle through that through the entire series, yeah. the same cycle over and over. And then we're supposed to believe that the large gesture of an international flight to Paris is what finally confirms that Mr. Big is, is, is has come around. And yeah, it's bizarre. It's just and once again, it's to swoop her out of another relationship. You know, like it's not to meet Carrie as a whole human being. It's just to find her in a vulnerable state. Like, she just broke up, like, had a messy breakup with Mikhail Baryshnikov's character, and then... (laughs) Which is crazy. Oh, it's bizarre. It's like, what are you doing with him? But then, you know, and he, like, accidentally slaps her, and then, like, it just works out that here she is at this, like, vulnerable state, and then Big swoops in. And I, I think what bothers me the most about all of this... Is that while we are supposed to believe that Carrie makes mistakes, whatnot, um, she's still an aspirational character. And there's still so many people who wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. And didn't see through the fact that, like, this is all really fucked up behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. So... It's interesting. I would love to hear everyone's thoughts because I I agree to an a certain, and especially since we're older now. Because when we mm. were younger, it's like I bought into everything. I don't know if I wanted to be Carrie, but like they give that character, it's the ultimate sort of like smorgasbord of like she's in a relationship, she's not in a relationship. You know, she's successful, maybe she's struggling a little bit. Like she goes through everything, but she doesn't have like one thing. Like that's mm-hmm. it's. I feel like that's. I feel like that's Rachel on Friends. You know, at least Monica had her, like, OCD sort of thing, and Phoebe is just Phoebe. But, mm-hmm. like, there's always that, like, everyday gal that, like, almost limits her, I don't want to say development, because within that, Sarah Jessica Parker is a good actress. Yes. I think she's actually very great, mm-hmm. like, oh, overall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is not a criticism of Sarah Jessica Parker. No, and I don't think you were going yeah. there too, but I just agree. so everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I I was also very impressed how good of an actress she is. And I, I'd seen her in other stuff. You know, I, I feel like in general my opinion is, yeah, I think she kind of gets a bad rap because people think she is Carrie Bradshaw. But, yeah, I think her performance is very strong. I, I just find her character to be kind of painted as this magnificent mess with, like, too many shoes and credit card debt. But look at these, like, fun parties she goes to and... It all just kind of works itself out. We never see her go to the gym, but she's just a trim little piece who can, you know, drink her face off. So go figure. Yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, um, still love Sex in the City. How long did it take you? Was it like straight for a couple days or did you take a break? I, you know, it ended up being one of those things where once I got into the groove, it was like, Ooh, yeah, I just kept going and it was very easy. And I think to your point where now that I'm in my 30s, there are elements. I mean, the show is not total garbage obviously i watched the whole thing so if i hated it i would have stopped but <laughs> yeah it is shocking to me how relevant some of this show was to my life Ooh, and yeah. i felt like there were just there were moments of like wow this is this is spot on and there were moments of like god i am so happy that i am not straight <laughs> yes Jesus you know Christ. some of these yeah. things transcend orientation but some of them don't <laughs> so. yeah so true yeah 
Um, so Ugh. what have you been watching in, in this period of quarantine so far? Anything good? Yeah. Um, I watched um, last week or the week before. I can't even remember now. It's all a blur. But I finally watched the movie Room. Oh, um, yes. Have you seen that mm-hmm. yet, Colin? Yes. yes. I was really interested in Brie Larson. I was like, what's the what's the buzz about here? Is it really you know leading actress worthy? What was going on that year? I just was really interested in that film and it was like a good amount of anxiety like if it was anything more than what it was i would it's like almost hard to watch it is hard to watch Mm. regardless but um jacob tremblay is really good i wanted to like smack him in the face slash like you're you're you should have got an oscar nomination for that that's crazy that he didn't Mm. um that year yeah um and um but brie larson was great i mean there's a lot there's a really big like fight scene with her and uh oh who plays her mom i have to look it up joan Um, allen Joan Allen, yes. good old Joan. Joan, giving a, um, a nice little Best Supporting Actress performance. Yeah, yeah. yes. So yeah. I watched that. Um, Keon and I also watched Frozen 2 oh. yesterday or the day before okay. uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's good. I, d- I don't really love Frozen, the, the first one. I think mm. that I, have, I can go off, but I'm not going to because who cares? Yeah. Um, but this one was also good. Um, and then what we've been binging, and I've been trying to get Keon to watch this forever. This is his first time watching through. This is my second watch. I can't believe I haven't gone back and done a full watch, but Parks and Recreation, Colin. Wow. Wait a minute. So yeah. this is your first rewatch? Did you say? Yeah, or first rewatch. Yeah, I feel that I might have gone back to certain seasons mm-hmm. and maybe just picked out my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not done a complete like season one to the end wow. rewatch. So it's been a lot of fun. Where where and are you guys up him. to at this point? We're uh, I think we're just like mid season two, mm. maybe a little bit halfway point. So mm-hmm. we're we're still like things. It's it's really fascinating to see the evolution of specifically Donna, um, Leslie for sure too, as she's less bumbly mm-hmm. in the second season. Um, Mark Brandanowitz is still around, so I'm waiting yeah. for him to like politely. It stinks, right? Because he is funny, yeah, and a good actor and charming and handsome. But there, there was something about that puzzle that he just he was, you know, it was like a a square peg in a round hole. Like it was almost mm-hmm. there, but um, which stinks because, but I get why they got rid of him because as soon as um, you know, Rob Lowe and Adam Scott enter the picture, it's like it's. It's perfect. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's like Mark Brandanowitz, I feel like he was <clears throat> too much of the straight man character, like too much of the like, oh, what's going on here kind of character that eventually like Adam Scott comes in to take over. But what they did is and they layered Adam Scott's character in with a, with his own like, neur- like neuroses and his own yes. issues. And so he was still able to live in this world because I think that was the, I agree, the issue was like, to exist in Pawnee, like you have to be a little bit of a character, like a cartoon character as well. Yes. Um, so I think so too. Even yeah. Ann Perkins events, eventually like you find the weirdness in her as well, you know? Yeah. She doesn't have nearly as much. She's kind of like, she's not necessarily the cipher at the same time, but she is like, I don't know, the most normal, mm-hmm. I'd say. Not that everyone's abnormal, but the zaniness too. It's like, I feel like they got rid of Mark Brandanowitz and like the sort of like player gigolo version of that is like Jean Ralphio. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's like the more amped up Mark Brandanowitz. But yeah. Keon was saying too, like after season one, he's like, am I supposed to like this guy? Because he's kind of gross, but like kind of nice at the same time. Right. This is Mark. Right. That's a good question. Um, I, I think I've had, 
I think my conclusion on Mark Brandanowitz was that he would be like the kind of boyfriend where like I just wanted his approval. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Amy Poehler is it is. I mean, uh, to, remarkable. If only to watch her performance. It's just so good. It's just so good. Like I, I love Liz, Leslie Nope. I think it's such a great character, and it yeah. It she just. I love when she gets emotional. I love when she gets drunk. Oh, the gay penguins episode. <laughs> yes, we just watched it. It's so good. <laughs> the dancing. <laughs> oh, the dance. It's such like for, straight woman first time at a gay bar yeah. category is. It's so that's like the nuance we're looking yes. for. And it's, once again, I believe that her and Steve Carell are the two, like, I can't believe they, neither of them won Emmys. I know. I think they both won Golden Globes. Amy just won one. I don't know if Steve Carell won a Golden Globe. I hope he did. Jesus. Yeah, I know, because like when you but look at it. But the work they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I mean, iconic gets thrown around, but I feel like in terms of this era of television and like comedy, I feel like they just, they personified, you know, these just these characters that became, you know, we'll look back and Leslie Nope and Michael Scott will be kind of like yes. characters that other characters are reminiscent of, you know? Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, insert someone else there for the male spot. Right. But, um... Yeah, Lou Grant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or Lee Grant. Or Lee. Uh... <laughs> yes, or Lee Grant. More um, appropriately. Yeah. Ugh. Well, speaking of Lee Grant, I think that is bringing us to the issue at hand this week, which, of course, is the issue at hand every week, which is Best Supporting Actresses, but quite specifically, Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Yes. So Uh, this was your choice. I'm I'm very curious, uh, the, the emotional decision of like, yes, this is the one. Yeah, I actually, and this kind of goes into my first, you know, how we usually tackle it. Like, when was the first time you saw it? What's your relationship to the movie or even to Whoopi? This movie terrified me when I was younger Mm. because I was just young enough. It came out in 1990. It was the highest grossing movie of 1990, and it was also the most rented video cassette of 1991 wow man throwing it back there right oh god statistics that will never matter anymore it breaks my heart yeah (laughs) but i remember so i was only i was born in 86 so i was only five yeah so and i don't think i saw it like i feel like my memory if my memory serves me correctly i feel like i just saw bits and pieces and i was just young enough for like to be wandering in and out of the room um, that I might have seen clips, but I remember specifically when the shadows came up and got like uh, Willie Lopez at the end, or just mm-hmm. any time those shadows came, I was terrified. And I asked my mom what it was, and she's like, "Well, that's what happens when you go to hell." And I was like, "Mom!" <laughs> like now that I think of that, I was like, "What?" It scared me. It like really. And there's just a lot of tense moments. Like I specifically remember when Willie Lopez and. Um, Carl are coming over to Otome's apartment at the end and they have to run down the hall yeah. and I'm like just somebody let them in it's it's, it's it was very uh stressful for me I guess is the best word yeah yeah oh that's so funny I know I had yeah. I, because I think when I was a kid I had the exact same experience of seeing parts of it I think it would always be on like TBS or TNT yeah and something. so I'd see little clips of it and it was moments like that it was like when he was coming for Otome and her sisters or when Willie Lopez gets killed that it was it, I was those exact same things like, oh, my God, just someone let them into their apartment. <laughs> yeah, I just 
anytime Willie Lopez was on screen, I was terrified. Mm. I don't know why. It's like that actor is just so authentically real. I don't know yeah. why it scared me so much. And even just, you know, Sam getting killed at the beginning too, and like him lurking out, coming out of the shadows there. Mm-hmm. Oof, it's a lot. Um, but. This is the first time I really do think that I watched it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Like, because this beginning, I mean, we'll get into it. It's very homoerotic. Everyone, like, minus Demi, it's just, like, everyone has their shirt off, and they're, like, painting that apart. Or, like, you know, doing all the construction work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Tony Goldwyn. Oh. <sighs> Tony Goldwyn. Who... A moment. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I've... There's definitely still parts of this movie that I haven't seen. Like, I've... Like, I think I still, I've I've skipped around. I've watched the whoopee scenes. I've watched a couple other scenes. I've accumulated that over the years. And I still have not watched Ghost in Full, even for this episode. But I'm fully prepared for whoopee. But, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And that's just, you know, that's just my my uh, my confession at these times of quarantine. Um, yeah. As if I don't have time to watch it. But I just, um, I think it's because <laughs> yeah. my brain is, like, already slight mush. A, from watching a ton of other stuff. And, like, yes. B, from just being sick and see from being stuck in the house oh but, yeah sick brain yeah, sick brain call it that. total yes. sick brain um but tony goldwyn in particular like the sweaty anxious like i'm gonna kill her sam just wait Ooh, like yes you know carl of the last 20 minutes is such a good performance and like yeah so great. like so like in a way of like oh this is perfect casting this guy is like this really is exactly is. what i would picture yeah, that nervous, sexy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he looks great with his shirt off. I'm just. Oh I yeah. Just, and yeah. I I never watched Scandal, but I, I'm afraid to now. I feel like I would get sucked in and become obsessed. Which. Yeah, it's. Oh. I think I saw like uh, a couple, like two and a half seasons of Scandal, and then I was like, I've had enough of this. Uh, yeah, I feel the first season's amazing, mm-hmm. and then yeah, much it, like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, eventually you're like, okay, this is too much for me. Uh, I think I started watching Scandal because I wanted to start watching Breaking Bad and I watched one episode and it was so stressful that I was like, I got to take it down a few notches. What's Scandal like? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is also equally stressful. I never, um, what was I going to say? I never, I know Keon watched it, but I never got in. But Mm. I know Shonda Rhimes. I'm like, I know her. I know her. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say, I know Shonda Rhimes shows always start out strong. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Same thing. I heard the same thing with How to Wait, Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. Like the first season was awesome, but I've not gotten into that as well. But yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of Tony Goldwyn, speaking of, of uh, Ghost. So uh, so this is your first time seeing it through. Otherwise, I feel like we both had very similar experiences with it. Yes. Um, I think this is a really interesting choice for as in terms of a performance to win Best Supporting Actress. I'm curious, just like your overall takeaway on Whoopi Goldberg as Otome Brown as an Oscar-winning performance in Ghost. Does that is it feel like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me, or does it feel like a Jessica Lange? Ooh, I would say that I, I de- it's definitely higher than Jessica Lange, or I definitely feel better about giving Whoopi this Oscar because it's like I feel like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, uh, walked so melissa mccarthy could run you know what i mean like i feel like it's one of those situations because the majority of this performance is a comedic performance like there are moments of drama sort of sprinkled into but like i i just want to go on a brief tangent here but i'll circle back um 
I was looking on IMDb and Jack A. Harry was yeah. actually supposed to play this role. And I would just, I'm fascinated by that, by the fact that like how this movie would have been different and, and mm. like the energy, but I, I can totally see it. I totally see why they would have cast her in this. But I, I wonder if they would have held her to that same standard of like dramatic, um, you know, acting. It's, it's interesting, like what Jack A. Harry's career could have been. Mm. Um, but kind of going back to Whoopi, it's like this movie, even though I just said Jack A. Harry would have been great, but I feel like this movie, people came to see Whoopi in this movie. Mm. Um, I think it was like a, a cultural sort of moment for her, this sort of like peak performance where I think a lot of people liked Whoopi at that point. I can't really document like what was leading up to it, what she had been doing at that time. But it was like in her heyday, really. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Sister Acts, I don't know if it came after or before this. I, I, I don't even know that It much, was after. But, um, so Sister okay. Act was like 92. And so okay. Whoopi had already started, like she had a pretty good career in the 80s. Yes. I mean, she was in The Color Purple. So people knew her from that. And, so, yeah. and that was like her first role. And then she was in Jumpin' Jack Flash, which is a lot of fun. I really, I totally recommend it. It's a great movie. We did a, a Patreon episode for All Right, Mary on that. Um, and then she did like Burglar, Fatal Beauty, The Telephone. Uh, these were not like, she did a series of movies that I would say were not as successful. And as like in between like this huge performance in The Color Purple and then Ghost, I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like her movie career was kind of, heading on the way down and then ghost happened and ghost obviously she got a shit ton of awards for and i feel like that kind of swung things back um like she was in soap dish after that but then she was in sister act and i think after that it was like okay whoopee it's all yours so (laughs) that's so interesting because it feels like there was momentum but really there kind of wasn't yeah it's um it's i mean i think then it's like there's her movie career but then it's like um, I'd definitely love to do a, a dive into at some point Whoopi's career because I'm curious everything else she was doing in the 80s at the same time. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think Ghost was kind of like, I think it both cemented Whoopi and Demi Moore as like, um, like okay, now you're bankable stars. Yeah. Um, and Demi Moore too, like another sort of person of that time that just had a lot I feel like this like you just said it was some, something that launched her and I feel that Patrick Swayze had been a name as well too I mean I mm-hmm. feel like there's so many things that came before that where it was kind of just like it was a perfect storm of like really popular people I guess at the time mm-hmm. um, but I back to like just Whoopi in this role too and winning I don't think that the movie would have been the movie without Whoopi it's like one of those performances and I think that I think it's Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas who says like an Oscar performance is like, or at least how he measures it is like, could this have been done by anyone else and still had the same like amount of success or amount of charm or amount of, you know, talent, uh, or was it like something that that person only could do? And I think it kind of is as far as like the, what she put on that role, like the spin she put on it um, and kind of breathe life to light into Otome Brown. But with all of that being said, I get the other side of like, you know, there was some other people in this category this year. We'll get to a little bit too. It's like, is it that worthy of an Oscar? Maybe mm-hmm. a Golden Globe, but um, but I I'm happy with it. I think that I I support it, especially after watching it again. And I will say, every time I laugh, or every time I laugh, every time I see, you know, 
the the pink dress moment mm-hmm. and just really a lot of a Molly you and Danger Girl makes me laugh every time mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. and that's hard to do like all these years later it still really hits a lot of my like the points of humor that I really attach myself to and appreciate yeah I hear that yeah. I I agree I think it's it'd be very easy kind of on the outset to look at this and go well it's a good performance but is it an Oscar worthy performance and that often obviously like that will come with the territory of more comedic performances where it seems like it must be less work because she's not Anne Hathaway in Les Mis, you know, or she's not uh, yeah. Monique and Precious. Like she's not wringing herself dry. But I think to me where I'm like, yeah, no, this makes a lot of sense is that it is to your point, like a pitch perfect comedic performance. Yeah. The The whole bank sequence is so funny and so yes. hinged on her playing all those little different notes and, and pivoting from Sam to whoever she's interacting with. And, um, there's a there's a comedic tension that she's holding the entire time that is you know obviously it's in collaboration with the director and even the editor and all and whatnot but yeah it's it's like what she's bringing to those scenes I feel like is so it's so good it's so smart she makes so many smart little choices I, I even think of like the first scene we see her when she first hears Sam say something and she just kind of like looks to the left and there's just this quick look and it's so funny and it's just the perfect timing um and 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 that there is a lot of heart to it too i i love that otome brown like i love that you can see when she when she's like storming off and she's like i'm not doing this fuck this and then when she does soften and give in and and kind of I don't know, just agree to connect. I think Um, those layers are really interesting. I think to be able to take what could be a caricature and what I think Jack A would have done is, is keep it at those like caricature heights. I think Whoopi found all that, but then she grounded Oda in being like a real human being. And yeah, that's really hard. And I, I am watching it. the, the, The biggest takeaway I had watching this was just like, God, Whoopi Goldberg is so good. Like she's just like a master of her craft, really. Yeah, you know. And what a pleasure to like watch that. Yeah, it's so great. yeah. And I think as well, like this is also a character that if you wanted to take a certain like twenty twenty lens to it, like people could look at this and go, "Oh, is she the magical black character? Is she just sure. helping these white people reconnect?" And I, I think if there's any question of that, that's much more in the script. I think Whoopi elevates the role far beyond the magical black character. I think that yes. she, um, I love when she kind of like, when she first starts talking to Sam and she's like, are you white? Yeah, you're white. Aren't you? And she's like, so- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, there's, it's so there's something so like, it's, it's just like, it's almost as if the joke then it's like we become like she's aware she's aware of the trope happening here you know yeah um and so to me it is i fully agree it's like melissa mccarthy in bridesmaids while um while it is not you know uh her you know having some devastated you know talking through tears monologue it is um it's it it makes an impression in a totally different way um that's just as much work yeah, and I feel that like, I, I mean, I can't remember specifically, but I feel like most of the world slash country of the United States was like talking about Whoopi 
just mm-hmm. as much as everyone was talking about Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. Mm. And yeah, the movie was great. To me, single tear, love ya, but whoopee. Oh. Like, I think that is just a little bit more, it's uh, like in the grand scheme of like, oh God, are we, did you really give her an Oscar for this? I feel like it's like right in the middle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I feel mm. like it's definitely not Jessica Lang, and it's like, uh, even though I love Judy Dench, it's like given for the wrong movie, I guess, too. So there's that to deal with. But yeah, I feel I feel pretty good, Colin. Yeah, I don't feel bad about it. I feel yeah. like um, I'm I'm so happy to see that it happened. And mm-hmm. uh, certainly she had some competition, and maybe we can jump into yes, some of those nominees. Yeah. Uh, so I, of course, have the tab open. Um, so Whoopi is, again, someone who swept the awards. Uh, and so, of course, yeah. as of 1990, we're really just looking at the Academy Awards, the BAFTAs, and the Golden Globes. So um, as per usual, when it comes to the BAFTAs, the, the the sort of schedule feels off for some reason. So there's nominees who would be oh, yeah, the, it's weird. the year before. Yes. But uh, so for the BAFTAs, she beat out Angelica Houston in Crimes and Misdemeanors, Billy Whitelaw in The Craze, and... Shirley MacLaine in Steel Magnolias. I know. Which I which is uh it's it's interesting. And you know, kind of an interesting comparison because there is another role that A could have been a caricature, B is done perfectly, and yeah. C like I uh I'm I watch Shirley MacLaine and think there's someone who's just a master of a craft that just like knows yes. how to do this shit. And yeah, people and it, were talking about Weezer after seeing that movie. Yeah. Amongst others, you know, there's a lot I mean Visit our Steel Magnolia, the Women of Steel Magnolias episode. Yeah, would like more on that. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but yeah, no, certainly you. it's it's a great performance. I wouldn't have been devastated if she had if she had won. Oh yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, but then when it comes to the Golden Globes, so uh, obviously the year before Julia Roberts had been nominated for Steel Magnolias, but um, for 1990 it was uh, Lorraine Bracco for Goodfellas, Diane Ladd for Wild at Heart, Shirley MacLaine, but for Postcards from the Edge. Mary McDonnell for Dances with Wolves and Winona Ryder in Mermaids, which I have seen. Um, I, it's a good performance. I'm not, I would be shocked if it had won. So, sure. Um, you know, but good for her. And then the Academy Awards is going to be a lot of familiar names other than Annette Benning for The Grifters, another Oscar she didn't win, Lorraine Bracco yeah. for Goodfellas, Diane Ladd for Wild at Heart, and Mary McDonnell for Dances with Wolves. Um, so I'm curious your familiarity with any of these nominees. Yeah, I'm going to start with Annette. Um, Please. I have not seen The Grifters. It is on my infinite, you know, long list. Same with Postcards from the Edge. I have not seen mm. that. I know everyone's gasping, clutching their pearls. I'll watch it. Maybe I'll, in this sort of quarantine era, I'll, I'll find it somewhere. But Colin, have you, we've never talked about it and I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about it on All Right, Mary, have you seen The American President? I have not. I I know it's with Kevin Klein. Um, it's Michael Douglas. Oh, Michael Douglas. Kevin and Klein's Annette another President movie. Um, no, then obviously I have not. Oh, tell God. me, tell me more. I think it's one of my favorite Annette Benning performances, and I don't know how far that really tracked in like the awards season. It's not necessarily an Oscar-y movie, but it kind of is. And it is like the ultimate, it, Aaron Sorkin wrote the script. It's actually what 
really inspired Aaron Sorkin to write The West Wing because it's very West Wing, like the rhythm of West Wing. Um, I'm like really concentrating hard on saying West Wing right now. <laughs> um, uh, and Annette is, she's sensational in it. Like really? she gives you everything you want. So if it's streaming somewhere, I'm going to find it because I think you will love that movie. And is it more of like um, a dramatic movie or is it a comedy? It's more of a dramatic movie actually, mm-hmm. I would say. But there's like a few comedic moments, but it's definitely um oh, it's so great. Okay. I think you'll really love it. But back to Annette and the Grifters. I watched a couple clips online. Um it's sort of like this sexy role. I love seeing her in that uh sort of light. It's I I need to watch the Grifters is kind of where I am mm. with that. Um, have you seen it? No, I've heard of it. I'm I'm like yeah. familiar with it. I probably know three things about it, but I it's sure. been one of those movies that it's one of those movies that I think I remember seeing like the box for at the video store often. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, so at a younger age, right? And at a younger age, I probably saw that and was like, oh, I bet I know what that is. I'm not interested. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but Annette, I need to brush up on my Annette. Mm. I think. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's and ooh, I'm so jealous that you get to experience the American president, Colin. Oh, you're talking this up. Okay. Yes. All right. nice. I can't believe we haven't talked about it sooner. I feel like I'm um, just gonna like I mean, I, I know that we haven't and I like I I'm familiar with like I can picture her having short hair. I don't know. Is she oh yeah, she does have short hair in it. She does have short hair, yes. All right. Oh, it's so delicious. I'm it's looking such at such a great seeing. movie. So widowed US president running for election. I don't know, in love, it's all the Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Sydney right. Ellen Wade. She's an icon. Oh, That's her name. So, yeah, Sydney Ellen Wade. All right. Oh, Anna Devere Smith is in it. Oh yes. Jesus Maria, I'm there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> oh, Wendy it's Michael J. Fox in is in it. Yeah, yeah, Wendy Malik. Okay. Um, All right. It's great. Okay. Well, I mean, I am sold, uh, Ugh, especially I'm so jealous with Anna Devere Smith. All right. We'll definitely talk about it because I will watch it. Okay. Um, as far as the rest of these, um. I am not, I, I probably talked about it before, I'm not necessarily like a mob movie aficionado. They stress me out. Same. Um, I know Goodfellas is like kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to good, uh, when it comes to Goodfellas, when it comes to those movies. Um, I appreciate it. Lorraine Bracco, she looks like one, she looks like someone you'd be interested in, Colin. Like oh. Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas. And, yeah. And just, I'm assuming you know more than I do about her too, but. I know, like, I've seen some clips from it. I haven't seen Goodfellas for the exact same reason that it stresses yeah. me out. But yeah. it's a performance that what I'm familiar with of what I've, like, I have seen some clips of her. And I was like, well, if she were to win, I don't think I'd be upset by this. Because I do love, I love when there is a wife or there is someone who's sort of like, you know, uh, an innocent bystander in the mob movie who's a woman who survives, who, you know, gets away um, and is innocent. Like, I, I appreciate yeah. that character. Like, um, Diane like Keaton. Falco. Yes. Sorry, Edie Falco in The Sopranos. Yeah. Diane Keaton yeah. in um, The Godfather. Godfather. So, like, I can appreciate that character. But I, the only reason, like, I would watch it for her. But the only reason yeah. I haven't is I can't handle, like, when someone's gonna get punched in the face in an Italian restaurant, you know? Yeah, I don't like knowing, not knowing. I don't like not knowing things. So exactly. I, I, thought I was like stuttered. Yeah. Um. So as far as the the other two, Diane Ladd. I mean, mother of the Dern. Mother of the Dern. Of mother course. Of, the Dern. of course. Uh, a multiple Best Supporting Actress nominee. Yeah. She gets nominated the following year for Rambling Rose. Yeah. I Wild at Heart. That is. I don't know anything about that movie. I watched a couple clips and I was disturbed. But I'm interested 
Oh, it's a David it Lynch is. movie. Yeah. Oh, who he did Twin, uh, Twin Peaks. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That that all makes sense now. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I um I I have to imagine. Yeah, it's probably bananas. It's one of my yeah. <laughs> So yeah. with a capital B, mm. um, there's a shot of like Willem Dafoe that is terrifying, like either in the trailer or one of the scenes I watched. I was like, whoa. Mm. Um, but she also has a scene where she like smashes lipstick all over her face. So that was kind of entertaining for me. I really like that. I think I've seen a still of that. I wasn't sure if it was <laughs> lipstick or like a bad <laughs> chemical peel. So now I know. Yeah, okay. it's lipstick. It's yeah. great. It's like kind of like uh. great. Uh, and then Mary McDonald. Uh, Mary, yeah, Mary McDonald, not McDonald. Mm. Um, I always get Dances with Wolves confused with Last of the Mohicans. They are like the same movie to me, and they equally... I don't know if I've really seen any of them, or like in full, too. But that was like a movie of the time, for Mm -hmm. sure. So I think it's one of those. uh, Fine. I feel like Dances with Wolves and Last of the Mohicans, yeah, I feel like they're kind of like a double feature. Dances with Wolves is a movie that I have had 0.00 interest in ever seeing. Um, yeah. it's one Same. of those movies that was a two box VHS and I was like that's oh, one and a yeah. half boxes too many for me that's so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah um, don't have the time yeah and I, I um, I've just never really had a, an interest in Kevin Costner as like an actor I don't know why I feel like maybe it's because when I grew up he was more of like it was almost like a Bruce Willis or something where it was like Ooh, I was just gonna say that, right? but I watched Bruce Willis any day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes. No, he was. I mean, early '90s Bruce Willis is Ugh. it. But I feel like I kind of categorize these as actors who, like, my mom thought was hot in the early '90s. You know? Sure. Yeah. So I didn't the like bodyguard. To, yeah. yeah. So I didn't consider this to be like I didn't. I've never considered Kevin Costner as like, ooh, what kind of chops you got there? You know. So yeah, yeah, um, and I honestly like if I never see Dances with Wolves, we are in an age of content. I'll be fine. I'll find something yeah, else. Yeah, we are all set. Yes, at the BSA pod. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I guess I that's kind of everybody. Um, so now that we've essentially said, yeah, I don't know much about any of them. Let's talk about the one we do know about. But first things <laughs> first, let's give Ms. Goldberg an opportunity to accept her Oscar. Ever since I was a little kid, I wanted this. You don't know. <laughs> My brother's sitting there, he says, thank God we don't have to listen to anymore. You can do it now. My mom's home, everybody's watching. I have to thank the people at Paramount. I have to thank Jerry Zucker for taking the time he took before he decided to use me because it, it meant he was sure that it was for me. I had to thank Patrick Swayze, who's a stand-up guy, and went to them and said, I want to do it with her. I want to thank Demi. I want to thank everybody who makes movies. I come from New York. As a little kid, I lived in the projects. And you're the people I watched. You're the people wanted, made me want to be an actor. I'm so proud to be here. I'm proud to be an actor. And I'm going to keep on acting. And thank you so much. So I love this Oscar moment. I love if you watch the like the clip on YouTube when they uh, when Denzel's reading the nominees and when he announces Whoopi winning. If you watch her little like box like where her face is, the 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 exuberance, the joy of winning. We don't often see actors or actresses like 
show this level of excitement. It's usually like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I can't believe this. But she is just like, yes. Oh my God, yes. And it's so, it's not even like she's rubbing it in. She's just so fucking happy. And I, I'm happy for her. Oh, yeah. Like, because you never know. I mean, look at Glenn. I will always bring up Glenn. Mm-hmm. It's like she was kind of on a roll to an extent, but you never quite know about the Oscar. It, and I would I would be panicked even if I swept that whole season. I'd be like, well, I want it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm going to get it. So I'm just going to like chill. Right. And it really is. It's like it's like the elbow pulled back. The knee is yep, up. It's yep. just like so <laughs> perfect. And her speech is just like a breath of fresh air. Like yeah. it's, it's you could tell it, it was rehearsed. But it's also like she's like, um, what does she say? I like acting and I'm going to keep on acting. Mm -hmm. It's very like she kind of knows maybe that's sort of about like that slump that she was in. I don't know what informed that sort of sentence too but it's like i'm okay i'm I'm in the big leaks now and i and i appreciate all you for voting for me and this is a vote of confidence quite literally too to keep keep on doing it yeah yeah it's, and boy did she it's yeah i mean like when she says like i i've wanted this since i was a kid like you don't get it like i have wanted this and like the way that she says it it's i it's it feels like such a real moment and i think yeah in terms of like people who I'm glad are Hollywood celebrities. Like I love that Whoopi Goldberg is one of our like Hollywood elite. Cornerstone. Yeah. yeah. I love that she's an EGOT winner. I love that her name is Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, it's so bizarre. We don't even think about it, but like one of our finest actors and comedians and like, you know, public figures in the 20th century and 21st century is Whoopi Goldberg. I love it. She has such a a wide ranging career. Like she was on Star Trek. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, and it goes without saying that, especially as like a black woman in Hollywood to have this kind of versatility off you know available to her and like this kind of like all these opportunities that she's taken and like the kind of like reputation that she's gotten for her talent it's it's uh it's nice to see someone overcome the odds like that so um go whoopee whoopee yeah <laughs> big whoop big whoop uh, but, she, a, but, but a big one she is a big whoop yeah yeah so let's talk about whoopee and ghost i th- mm. i think that this performance in terms of the size of the role when and how often she appears like she's not in a she's in maybe like four scenes in the movie like four extended sequences of the movie yes and she doesn't come in until about 40 minutes in but there's something about it where the size and the scope and the impact of it are are nearly like perfect for like what i would think of as a best supporting actress oh yeah you know meaty enough and it's just enough time. I'm kind of repeating what you said too, but I do love that Miss. It's the Mrs. Santiago reading oh. where like it happens, and she's like, "I see him. He's very handsome." And Mrs. Sant- Santiago's like, "Are you sure?" She kind of gives a look. She's right. like, "Mrs. Santiago, in our father's kingdom, we are all handsome." Yeah, I love that. I mean, that first that first scene, like that's where we first meet her. Is is you know doing her her charlatan act of being a spiritual advisor yeah and i think that like even her entrance even them opening the closet door and there she is in the gold gown it's such a great bsa kind of entrance and like oh yeah and it's always it's always interesting to me how how a best supporting actress character appears in the movie you know i i think you know obviously we just did it so it's fresh in my mind but the way anne hathaway's character appears the way fontaine appears Yes. in Les Mis, the way it's like all of a sudden, oh, and now we've arrived. Um, yeah. 
it it just feels like it means something. And Whoopi's gold, Whoopi's Whoopi's Goldberg, Whoopi's entrance is so <laughs> is so golden. It's so perfect. Um, I love and like I remember I listened to um, it was a while ago, but I was catching up on Matreon episodes, and I know you and Johnny covered it too. But I I think it was maybe Johnny or maybe just both of you saying it uh, as well that. I wondered how much improv there was. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wonder how much uh, you know freedom she had to add things because one of my favorite, if it's in the script and she's made it, it's like she made it sound like an ad lib. Then it's like when she finally gets a hold of Molly and Sam is like, okay, he's his name is Willie Lopez. He lives at blah 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 blah. She's like, his name is Willie Lopez. He's Puerto Rican. Oh my god. <laughs> Like yes. that is just gold to me. It's that's like so almost funny. one of the moments that she wanted. Because I was like, if that's in the script and you said it that way, like that's hard to do. Like mm-hmm. just the choice to like the aside, he's Puerto mm-hmm. Rican. And like the yeah. fact that she felt motivated to say that. Or if it's ad-libbed, that's just equally as impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's, to me, it's like there's these little details like that. That I had this, I had the same reaction where I was like, is this improvised? That is such a funny yeah. little like <laughs> I- inclusion that details like that tell me so much about like this is a woman living in you know late 80s early 90s prospect heights brooklyn which is a a, i used to live like one neighborhood below it and like it's a pretty nice neighborhood now like where like the whole prospect place where they go like it's i it's not shabby in the least it's a really nice brooklyn neighborhood but obviously back in the day not so much yeah but there's something about that of like by hearing his name, she's like then identifying his race. Like it, it's just like um, it just feels to me like that's what that woman would say. That's what she would do. She would say, "Okay, oh, his name's Willie Lopez. Okay, so he's Puerto Rican." Like there's a yeah. fluency there that I, <laughs> I think is yeah, it informs her. It's great, and I feel like it's this might have come like after the Molly you and Danger Girl line too, but like in a way, she wants it to be. Hot, like, because she literally says the line, like, you can't just say it like that. Let me say it in mm-hmm. my own way. Mm-hmm. And that this is like part of that. Whether that came before or after this, I can't remember too. But I think it was the let me say my own way came after, but I had the same thought. It was like, she's, yeah, the whole time there's this spirit of like, I need to do this my way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even in those little moments, I think it's, it's impressive how she how she interacts with Sam, like how she bickers with Sam, you know, turns back to Molly. Like the way that Whoopi kind of plays the ghost and plays the real human being at the same time, um, I think is like a lot harder than than she gets credit for because it's um, it, there's there's so much about timing there. And I think that's why it's so funny is that she switches from like engaging with Sam to engaging with Molly or engaging with anyone else like in the in the human realm so smoothly um that it's like it it takes comedic timing to be able to kind of keep that going and and kind of watch Odame navigate like being between two realms you know yeah even just like not looking at Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. like because that's such a an a logical sort of that you look at the person you're talking to whether it's in real life or in a scene to the fact that she can kind of divert her attention and her eyes to I will say like the the bank scene is probably the most like slapsticky for lack of a better mm-hmm. word version of that because like if she was talking that loud to herself in a bank like she would be escor- <laughs> escorted oh. from the bank because it's but it's also like thank god it's there because it's so funny yeah uh, the bank so, scene is is I mean that to me like overall like there's moments but like the overall the bank scene is where is why you give someone an Oscar 
because yeah, it's like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire with the cake scene or mm-hmm. like many other things too but the cake scene was the one everyone's talking about mm-hmm. yeah or like you know in the in the whole like you know restaurant sequence at the end and trying to volley between the two tables like I feel like yes that that sort of comedic acrobatics that he does I think she's yeah she's doing similar oh, same, work yeah, yeah. um because I mean to me I feel like that's also like if someone were, to, someone were to ask, well, like, why did why did she get an Oscar for this performance? Like, it's funny. It's a great kind of, like, supporting role. It moves the movie along, and she brings some life to it. But I think it's, it, it's the way that she maintains, again, that comedic tension. Like, with that first, you know, older woman, um, you know, when she's filling out the bank note and all of that. Uh, and she's like, oh, I signed the wrong name. And, like, all, like, all of that. <laughs> when he yells at her and she's so nervous yeah, and she exactly. starts shaking. <laughs> And every time that like he gives her like an account number and she goes, is that it? I got it. And like just yeah. that, the little like sort of uh, smile. Did, did I get a smile? Yeah. Um, it's just I, I love that. Or when she wants to take the pen. I, yes. Like, I know Johnny was really into the taking yeah. of the pen. Yeah. yeah. But that is a great moment. Man, mm-hmm. keep this pen. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah. Uh, and I think in those lovely. moments, that's where there there has to be some improv, you know, because uh, like there's those little moments of like oh can I take this pen with that okay oh thank you so much like that to me feels like Whoopi just playing in the scene yes and it's like those other moments in the same scene where she finally gets to like the main banker guy and she's like Bobby and Snooky mm-hmm. got a good old head on her shoulders mm-hmm. his shoulders or whatever it is I'm I'm mixing up the pronouns, oh she's talking about Randy yeah good yeah, old Randy oh, yeah Randy yes yeah. great on, yes. Good, a great head on his shoulders her shoulders like yeah it's it's um uh, it's great it's so good and I you know what I love about that scene also is when it she finally gets the check and it's a it's such an interesting note that she plays so well is because she already has the check Oda May is kind of relaxing into the con and she's like so what my mama did is she oh, took yes. the money and she put it in and she just starts elaborating the oil. yeah it's the oil yeah. and it's so, it's just like i i just i love how she gets swept up into it and yes. um and it's just, it's a great, uh, to me, it's almost like that felt like improv as well. Yeah, of course. That mm-hmm. whole last sequence. And then Sam like pulls the chair up from underneath her and then she has to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's and so then just good. the delivering of the check to the nuns, like oh. that alone, the grip mm-hmm. and the gloves she has on. Yep. The whole, th- why, like I need to see a drag queen start with the gold like sort of caftan mm-hmm. to do a tear away into the pink suit mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and with some clever song oh I, I agree with like with dialogue mixed in with a song yeah like i with like a check uh, she has a prop check like and something about money some song mm-hmm. yeah I a ghost know. mega mix i i'm with you i think you know <laughs> that's the kind of drag i need to see in this time of quarantine this is the content that we are being tasked to create here. <laughs> I know it's it's calling to me, just yeah. like Otome. Yeah, um, I think that 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 scene. I think when she has to hand over the check, I feel like if I were to jump to when she won it for me, I really think it is that phenomenal journey she goes on of handing the check to the the nun. First, when he goes, you know, he keeps telling her to let it go, and she goes, "I will." Like, oh, I yeah. will. <laughs> but then and it's then that she smiles back. But then it's like handing the check over and like it's the it's the smiling turning into kind of like starting to cry like oh I really don't want to it it is so funny and so nuanced like to me like the fact that we just get to watch Whoopi it's just a a tight shot on Oda May just going through this journey of letting go of the check 
Yes. And it's it's mostly nonverbal, and it's just like Whoopi giving us this crazy face journey. To me, bar none, that's when she won the Oscar for me. Yeah, and then just like she's like, you know what, Sam, I don't need, I don't like you anymore. I don't need to talk to you, so just leave me alone for now, okay? And then she crosses the street. He's like, you're a good person, Otome. He's like, and then she like does like a tongue raspberry mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah. Uh, but it, it's funny. Like that's it doesn't seem like. Does she also do like a fuck you, like sort of like arm thing underneath, you know, like that sort of motion? In my mind, she does, but I don't know if she did. I don't think she does, but she does do the raspberries. And then she does, yeah. I mean, the the physical comedy of the way she storms off. like Oh, the way she walks in oh, those heels. It's, it is so good. It's so, I mean, I feel like comparing to Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids is great because it's just someone who is we've seen you know other kind of like you know it i don't know if we've seen other characters like melissa mccarthy's but um yeah there's it, it, what makes it so funny is that she's making these small choices that inform the character and normally like someone like jack a like might be too broad to kind of like like really dig into that level like you dig into that that physicality and yeah. i think that's where Whoopi really wins this is it's just there's another shot, I think, when she first, it's like an aerial shot when she's first going to Molly's apartment to tell her about Sam. And oh, it's yeah, like, I never go downtown. What am I doing down here? And she's just like clomping across the street. Like, yeah. I I love the way Otome Ot- Brown just like stomps through things she doesn't want to do. Yes, Otome being annoyed is the best version of Otome. <laughs> yes. Because it's never really, like, she's annoyed, but she also knows that she has to do this, too. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's just, like, one of those. Right. Um, oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's so great. And, you know, obviously then she is, you know, she's in that final kind of climactic sequence with uh, with mm-hmm. Carl and, and um, Molly and, and the whole kind of. Uh, chase scene and you know in, in general I just I love women you know escaping situations and <laughs> yeah. fighting back you know and when Demi jumps on his back like I'm I'm, all, I'm on board for all that oh kind of I stuff. love it yeah. yeah um but then you know it, there it, it's talk about homoerotic but there is that scene before the con the final confrontation where Sam Ooh. uses her body and there and we see Whoopi's hands on Demi um, yeah and it's like you know then they have to obviously like give us the illusion that it's Sam. But the whole time I'm just thinking, this is, this is, this is a woman. These are two women. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just thought of two more things related and unrelated to, um, I love everything that Demi Moore wears in this movie. Oh, Her same. style and like the pants kind of like all the way up. And like, I love her short hair. Oh, um, I, I love think it. that that's an iconic haircut too. Mm-hmm. I just, and um, I read it on IMDb that a lot of the character, uh, the reason why she kind of looks like a dude is because she's wearing Sam's clothes. Mm-hmm. Not all day, every day, but like that sweater that she wears. I'm like, yes, that's like quarantine ready. Like I need one in every color. Yes, you know? exactly. Like, I love a good sweater. <laughs> yeah, I love, um, there's one shot, maybe it's when she goes to the police station um, yes. or when she meets, if she has a green t-shirt, yes. like the army green t-shirt. Yes. And I know I, exactly. Yes, and I, I was like, God, this is like, I am quite gay on the on the Kinsey scale, but this yeah. is my type. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. There's... To this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess it gets, says a lot that I like a, a handsome, boyish-looking woman. <laughs> yeah, 
It's great. I might be gay. <laughs> I know, yeah. Just a little. Just a little. I love it. And that final that in the final scene, yeah, the black kind of like um overall pants thing with the yes. with the gray t shirt. Oh, it's I'm into it. I'm so into it. That I'm quarantine ready for that. Yeah. 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 Comfy, comfy chic. Mm. Um the other thing that I thought of that I meant to list, I just don't want to forget him is the subway guy. Oh, yes. That guy mm -hmm. scared me more than probably the demons. (laughs) I don't know what it is about that actor. He is terrifying. Just the fact that he yells so much. I'm like, why are you yelling? Why are you so angry? I don't get it. And I got really scared as a kid. I still did. That's one of the scenes. I was going to say, when you mentioned about like the the ghosts who drag Willie Lopez to hell always scared me. But so did the subway guy. Like, and how mad he was. And I was like, oh, just help Patrick Swayze. Be nice to him. You know, like it was, yeah, that scene was i agree that was one of those like as a child i was like oh i don't ever want to be on the subway yeah Yeah, he's yelling and like it was crazy that he like like swats people's newspapers and Mm. stuff like if that happened to me on the subway i would freak out right right that's crazy um and the fact that he like has that sort of like monologue about like he's like almost a normal human being and then he's like uh, he goes off the deep end, really. He just like, started, like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Ah! Yeah. And then yeah. runs back onto the subway. Um, I do not like him. He scares me. Yeah, I agree. Um, in terms of <laughs> men who I, I did like, I do also want to give credit to Patrick Swayze. I think he's phenomenal oh, yeah. in this. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. And it said, I think maybe you saw this on IMDb as well, that he talked about like, he needed to do ghost for like his soul. Like he, he had done other like tough guy movies like roadhouse. Yeah. And, like he just needed to do something that was more this speed. And yeah, I, I just like everything I've ever heard about him is that he's just like a great human being. And he's the reason Whoopi was in this. He like refused yeah, he to do it. Her. Yeah. Until she did it. Um, I, and she obviously, she thanks him in her speech and calls him a stand up guy. And, yeah. um, I just, there was something about him that I really, uh, I think he just was so perfect in this role and the that scene when he does inhabit Otome's body and was able to like finally touch Molly one more time. I was like, if this doesn't move you in some way, like you yeah. are not human. I mean, if the last 10 minutes of the movie doesn't elicit a single emotional response, then I don't even know what will. Cause yeah, we I, can't help you. Yeah. Sorry. I can't help you because I, <laughs> I, that ending, I mean that ending He's obviously just like there there's there's just like a beauty to it all. But what I also love is that it is Demi's like her on screen crying is iconic and she can cry from either eye. Ugh. But she looks like she's been sobbing all day. It's like real crying. It's it is. It's bloodshot eyes and a blotchy face. Like it's the kind of crying that I expect from a movie. And want and, and want. need with everyone. And yeah, need. it's like the penny moment that the shot of her, the penny going up, and then you just see oh. like big fat tears oh. fall. Like it is a skill. That and I think shot. I read like she can cry on cue, like something on IMDb or mm-hmm. somewhere else that I, that is that is hard to yeah, do. Yeah, she got cast because she could cry from either eye on cue. <laughs> either eye. Either eye. That's crazy. It's bananas, but that shot when she has the penny and she looks up and those big tears fall. I mean, again, it's like Anne Hathaway in Les Mis. It's like, yeah. oh, those big old tears. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's satisfying mm-hmm. to watch. And um, and she's great. I, you know, one thing I was like, I get why this happened. Like, the whole sort of running thing with, like, Otome and... Um, 
Oh my gosh, I forgot to make Morris character's Molly. name. Molly. You and Danger Girl. <laughs> yeah, you and Dad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, is that like Molly doesn't believe her? Like, mm-hmm. but she says an abundance of things at that point too. Like, there's no way mm-hmm. that she could possibly know certain things, intimate things. And it took like Sam being on the other side of that door to like really convince her. And like, even after she went to the police station, once once again, I get why this has to happen. There has mm-hmm. to be like that distrust. So she takes Carl back in, and then he's like, "Yeah, she's terrible." Um, but I was like. I'd be like, yes, tell me anything because you know everything. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I it's one of the things in in movies that happens often uh is there'll be a long period where nobody believes the main character. Yeah. And the cops are like, I got bigger things to deal with. Like, no no ma'am. Like there's there's always that. There's always like this isn't necessarily in this movie, but I feel like there's so many movies I've seen where we're supposed to believe that someone is friends with someone and, and, and they trust them and that like they're a, you know, there's someone who they see as another, you know, believable, trustworthy human being. And then something crazy happens. And then the friend is like, just won't believe them. Or it's like, I think it's all in your head or some sort of like excuse other than, Oh, it's not, Oh, you know, it's real. Like it's like um, extended invalidation. I find that to be an exhausting trope in movies of nobody believes them, nobody believes them. And I know that yeah. it moves a plot along, but it's like really, like I think if something like supernatural happened in my life and I like contacted someone, and if I if I Skyped you and I was like, I need to talk to you and I just need you to believe me and just trust me on this one. I yeah. know it's crazy, but like you'd have no reason to think that I would be making it up. Yeah, I hope. It's, it's so, <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I'm assuming. No, yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, I would believe you. I would. Thank I like because, especially just I don't know because no one has, like she's she is not there because she, for her health. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. doesn't want to be downtown. She no. never goes downtown. <laughs> yeah, she never. I never go downtown. I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> And just like shouting at a random building, and uh, I do love when she gets in the fight with like the construction worker. Mm-hmm. That's just another added like bonus. She's like, "What are you looking at?" Like just yeah. stuff like that. She's like, "I'm not talking to you." And right. Like, oh, it's great. Right. So it's Oda May interacting with Sam, interacting with the construction worker, interacting with Molly, like talking yeah. to herself. Like it's just Whoopi playing four different levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's magic. Yeah. There was something else I wanted to say about Tony Good- Goldwyn. Excuse me. Um, besides the fact that he's so sexy too like i do love that scene where like uh sam types all the stuff on the computers mm-hmm. like just like i he does an excellent job at being like you believe that panic mm-hmm. that four million dollar account is now closed it's just like oh. even when he's like asked for the pepto-bismol and like that whole like i'll kill her i'll slit her throat or whatever mm-hmm. like the the sweats that he has on his body i don't know how you do that maybe they just doused him with something before but um yeah, all yeah. Of that office sweating, like looking at the clock and like, oh god, the money's gone. And then when he's yeah. at one point, he's like, "Somebody messing with the computers." Like that kind of panic yes. in his voice. I was like, "Why am I identifying with this?" He's the villain, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, a sexy villain. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm curious what your moment she wanted is. I would say, because uh, it definitely I feel lies within. Probably giving the check or like that aftermath of giving the check mm-hmm. and probably the bank scene too. But uh, I think it's just like the sum of all of those ad lib parts that might not have been ad lib. Ab- oh, here we go. 
ad libbed unless I like had a copy of the script somewhere or maybe mm. it's just written in an article somewhere that she ad libbed most of that or whatever like the trivia and IMDb but um because that's what makes this movie I think just the her whole uh, just who she is before she even was in the movie and what she naturally because people hire people like for like their quote unquote brand too. And like mm-hmm. she was a comedian obviously too. And like, I think the, the, the combination of the color purple and then her going back to comedy with just a hint of drama is right, right where she belongs mm. to. It's like, it, it was this perfect storm of everything, but it seems I'm skirting around the issue, but like I heard the question, but I, I just think it's all the, the things that still make me laugh. It's like the Molly, you and danger girl. And like, can I keep this pen? And mm-hmm. I signed the wrong name. And like, he's Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. It might've been, he's Puerto Rican. If it I was <laughs> to say that, cause that made me laugh hard. I yeah. forgot all about that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, because, yeah. yeah. Well, the way that it even like is played in the movie, like it's not like the, the, the scene like stops on her face for like a, a comedic beat. Like it yes. flows in the scene so well. I think mm-hmm. that's what made me laugh was how it, they didn't put an exclamation point on that joke, you know? Yes. Yeah. And just for the sheer fact that she has like, you know, all four burners are like on and she has to cut, like you said, just talking to Sam, the guy, Molly, whoever else is in the picture Mm -hmm. or in the scene at that moment too. A shout out to those sisters too. They're great. Oh, the three of them all together, just banging on doors and, you know, Mm -hmm. running down the hallway. It's, (laughs) it's almost comical, but I was equally as stressed as well. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love those sisters. I think they're great. Um, yes. yeah, it's, uh, I feel like at one point, even, um, one of the sisters is on the phone with someone and I feel like it's right at the end of the scene and she says something like, yeah, she's like talking to white people. I don't know what it is or something like that. She's some, she makes some oh, yeah. comment. Oh yes, that's right. It's, it's when she's sitting in the chair. It's like the first, like the day after, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like uh, Sam yes. was there. And that's what the same scene where she's like, you're white, aren't you? And then, yeah, at the end of the scene is the sister being like, I don't know, she's like talking to white white ghosts or something. Yes, like, yes. It's, it's really funny. really funny. Um, so, yeah, it's a, I, I think it is just a a solid performance in a, in a good mm-hmm. movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly, um, you know, a, an emotional roller coaster. So, yes, uh, yes. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, when it's crazy when you see that, like, the budget was $22 million and then, like, globally it made half a billion. Like, it's just, yeah. uh, it's just incredible. And, of course, they ended up making, like, a Broadway or, I guess, a West End musical that came to Broadway. Um, yeah, was it on Broadway? Ooh, I think eventually it really was. really testing my trivia here. Like, I feel like it was, but I, I don't think it had a long run, I, which is such an interesting choice of a movie. Mm, I don't yeah. know what... Yeah, I don't. I could pa- I, just the idea of having seeing like Oda May like have a musical number about whatever. I'm already kind of in cringeville. Same. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. It might be a beautiful show. Apologize to anyone else who likes the show or has been in it. But uh, right. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Um. Yeah. So that's that's Ghost. That's yes. Ghost. We've done Ghost. Good. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, brings us to uh, our BSA of the week. Uh, yes. And now more than ever, we need these BSAs because, you know, we can take all the support we can get. Uh, BSA of the week, if you're not familiar, is a performance, an actor, a food, a thing, a song, anything in our lives right now that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives right now. So mm. what is your BSA of the week? Um. Well, 
I'm trying to think of like some runner ups here too, but I think uh, Keon wanted to get me a pair of slippers <laughs> for my birthday mm-hmm. and he got me a pair and they were not necessarily what I wanted, but it was, it was very close. I wanted like a slipper with like a tread on the bottom, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want like the floppy, you know, no tread. They're like shaped like dogs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I had when I was younger. And sure. I them. Yeah. No shame. But I wanted yeah. like a good, like if I have to go out and check the mail or like bring the garbage can back that I could just walk outside real quick. Um, that was a long explanation of the kind of slipper I was in the market for, but you know, and finally, cause he also wanted to buy them from a store as opposed to Amazon, even though I found a really great pair that I liked, we ended up going with the Amazon slippers. Um, and they've been really lovely. I got them yesterday or no on Sunday. Um, so that is a less exciting version of a BSA, but I'm enjoying it, okay. especially with all this quarantine time. It's really lovely. Yeah. Um, but another show that I started slowly sort of rewatching for probably about like the seventh time really um but uh, i'm not going to say the show but my my bsa is of course none other than jenna maroney in 30 rock jane krakowski another and it's in as far as like the best supporting actresses in a comedy category which is always probably my favorite category at the emmys Mm -hmm. um it's crazy that she never won i feel like she was nominated almost every season Mm mm-hmm it's just like the stuff that she has to say and do is often the zaniest and lines that shouldn't work and do work. And I understand fully that like Jenna is written for the gays. Like, oh, it, yeah. like fully. And and it was probably my, she is my favorite character on the show. I mean, I love Liz a lot. It's, mm. it's like the Annie Murphy to my Catherine O'Hara. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really loving, you know, Catherine and, Tina Fey, but I, I, it's really about Annie Murphy and uh, Jane Krakowski. Um, I love her so much, and I love Thirty Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great performance. That. It's a great yeah. character. I, I, I love Jane Krakowski because she, she's one of those actresses who plays dumb, but you know she's in on it. You know, yeah, and I think that's like a like Jennifer Coolidge is great at that, and like Christopher Guest stuff, you know, yes, of being like you're playing the dumbest person in the room, but like you're smart enough to know how to play it. Yeah, like one of the lines that I love so much is um, it's called like Sandwich Day is the name of the episode, mm-hmm. and the Teamsters go to a specific sandwich shop, and someone eats Liz's. Of sandwich. course, yeah. And she comes up with that trophy. She's like, and she goes up to Kenneth, and she's like. You, you're gonna get me another sandwich or oh, I just she's like I'll cut you so hard that you'll have a chin or something <laughs> like that she's like you'll all have chins yeah <laughs> um, I always remember that episode because I remember that like Liz has to like inhale the sandwich like at the oh, airport security it looks so good it looks too. so good it looks and like the, a great sandwich and the security guard's like ma'am there's still paper on that or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> But they have to challenge the Teamsters to a drinking contest in order to get an extra sandwich. Mm -hmm. And Jenna, they recruit Jenna. She's like, I'll do it, but only for the attention. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's so great. Yeah. Uh, She's great. That's a great choice. I think that's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, I just love her so much. Um, uh, How about you, Colin? Well, I think my BSA of the week is this movie that I think I'm going to end up talking about it in some form in the details this week. Um, It's this 1960s uh, camp classic that is perfect for these times of quarantine. It is called Lady in a Cage and it stars um, classic Hollywood actress Olivia de Havilland um, who like many other old Hollywood actresses you know later in their career ended up doing these like 
schlocky thrillers like whatever mm-hmm. happened to baby jane and you know it was yeah. like this these were the movies they could do and so they would just kind of like put their back into it um so olivia de Havilland plays this woman mrs hillier i don't even know if we ever find out her first name but she um she essentially she had uh she had had hip surgery like the summer before so she's still walking with a cane but they had a private elevator installed in her house and so her clearly gay son um leaves at the beginning of the movie who she lives with leaves at the beginning of the movie and there's like a, a letter written so there's like this drama of the son leaving and like what it <laughs> means but then through a series of unfortunate events she once she's alone the private elevator that she's in gets stuck and and it's kind of like it's um it's not like a like a where she's kind of contained and no one can see her. It's sort of like installed in like this big open foyer of her house. And so she's trapped. She's a lady in a cage who's trapped um, kind of right at like the top floor. And then there's like a home invasion and she has to eventually like, you know, fight back. And, and, and it's so ridiculous and it's so good. And she is so great in it and so campy. And there's just something about, like, there's something about this movie that I am obsessed with. I'd seen it once before, and I don't know if I'd fully appreciated it, but watching it again, it's on Amazon Prime and on Hulu. Ooh, I highly excellent. recommend. It is just, it's, there's something about it where I was like, this is perfect for quarantine season. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not too scary. Uh, James Caan, it's like his first role, and he is so hot i was just gonna say that's prime time baby oh the the torso hair is unfathomably good it's just i just can't (laughs) even with how perfect it is um and it's i mean like there's also there's a there's another um classic actress named ann southern who uh appears in it as well and is like such a good best supporting actress character it's so she's so good and then like (laughs) I can't recommend it enough. I can't recommend right. it enough. Maybe I'll watch it and you can watch uh, The American President. Yes. We'll, we'll meet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll meet in the middle. Somewhere of, in the middle. I can't think of two diametrically opposed movies, but <laughs> I'm know, telling yeah. you, Lady in a Cage is so much fun. I know that movie because of Lady Watch. I mean, I know Olivia de Havilland because mm-hmm, of Lady Watch mm-hmm. because she infamously like filed a lawsuit against Ryan Murphy for right. like feud and it was amazing. Um, but... I want to say that one of the clips that they used in their their um, intro song was like, there's a line where she literally says like, help, <gasps> I'm stuck in a, what, oh. is, what is the line? Oh, this is the line that I want written on my gravestone. Oh, tote bags. Tote bags. Here it is. Coming. Help, help. I am trapped in small private elevator. Yeah. <laughs> It is yes. my, my, now my one of my favorite movie lines. And it's the fact that she doesn't say I'm it's so many things. It's the fact that she says, I am trapped in small private elevator. A, where is the where is the the who are ar- you talking article? to here? A yes, small yeah. private elevator. Yes, and uh uh B, who the, cares yeah. about the size and the lack of like access to the public for this elevator? Like, why does that matter? Uh, it's incredible i am trapped so i do know that private elevator oh my god i love that they use that in their intro clip it's one of my favorite lines so for that alone um and also there's a couple other great line readings where you're like oh yes okay i i yes um i i hear this i hear the gay whistle tones they're all apparent yeah Yeah. 
Uh, so has all the parts. Yeah. So uh, if you, in fact, are feeling like a lady, a man, or anything else in a cage, do yourself a favor and check out Lady in a Cage. Oh, that's so appropriate. You definitely need to do it in the details for. Oh that. yeah, yeah. In these I, times of quarantine, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a perfect quarantine movie. So, yeah. um, and I mean, I think this this is uh, I think this is us being sent back to quarantine. Actually, apparently, award Ugh. shows are not safe in this time of pandemic. It's true. Wash your hands. Wash your hands and uh, get off stage uh, because we're being played yeah, off, girl. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we do go back to our uh, our respective small private elevators, um, <laughs> <laughs> where can people get more of you? Uh, they can get more of me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And this is my this is my sole gig, my podcast gig nowadays, Colin. So end of the line. But if you want to hear me on other you know previous episodes, mm-hmm. you can always catch me on. The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. Not always. Um, you can. You used to be able to. Mm. But uh, and the the No Good Very Bad Gay Pod, um, and that's that. Or you can find me at my house in my private elevator <laughs> watching. <laughs> Anyways, where can we find you, Colin? Well, <laughs> um, besides being trapped somewhere near the th- near the third floor of my home, yes, um, I am. You can find me on uh, talking about. Uh, season 12 of Drag Race and other drag competition reality things and queer things on All Right Mary. You can find me talking about nuances like Lady in a Cage um, on in the details. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Uh, and I, I, I'm already blanking if you've told people, but if they want to reach both of us and talk about best supporting actresses, yes. uh, they can find us at the BSA po- at BSA pod or the BSA pod at gmail.com yeah at bsa pod on twitter and the bsa pod at gmail.com excellent all right all right thank you (laughs) well uh folks you know we uh, being a podcaster is a great time to podcast because we all got to just stay inside and watch things and talk about them so we're not going anywhere and uh we'll be back next week with uh with more bsas uh and in the meantime uh, a big thank you to miss Whoopi goldberg for oh yes uh bringing so much joy and demi Moore, demi Moore, uh, so patrick for so many swayze. tears patrick swayze for so much perfection tony goldwyn's just everything oh tony goldwyn. he's always tan he's like the perfect le- like level of tan i don't know what it is his skin glows they should call he's him tony golden gold skin <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think on that note, yeah, well, we're out of here. And uh, that, as they say, is that.